Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the divisional round picks of the 2020-2021 NFL season. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And it has been a crazy week uh, from the standpoint that, you know, there were some surprises. There was definitely a big surprise that took place Sunday night. Um, But we're going to go ahead and jump straight on into it. Um, I guess we'll kick it off with the Saturday games, the Colts and the Bills. The Bills, ooh, they almost didn't win this one, but they barely pulled it out, 27-24. to And it's their first playoff win since 1995. So, congratulations, Buffalo Bills. Yay. You know, <laughs> it's kind of hard to root. It's kind of hard to root for me being a Dolphins fan. But if I say nice things, maybe Sean Thompson will go easy on me tomorrow. Another fuck he won't but anyway uh so um how'd you guys feel about this game overall um there was a couple controversial calls on that game um so i mean there was a fumble that shouldn't have been a fumble um that went to to the count the cult sorry um but really like i don't know this wasn't the same bills that came and showed up for dolphins so i don't know what happened there um that's about really like what like in a week what happened right yeah um it's definitely not the same bills that that dominated the dolphins or really uh all season like i don't know if they're riddled with injury or maybe they're just tired or whatnot but they didn't look as dominant i mean obviously they weren't as dominant but they didn't even look like they were on the verge of being dominant uh, in this game. Yeah. I think it was more along the line because, I mean, we've seen teams, fifth seed and sixth seed teams, get hot in the postseason, especially if the teams have the momentum. Um, I was sitting there thinking, while I was watching this game, I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? Maybe the Colts might pull off an upset here. Now, granted, they would end up playing the Kansas City Chiefs, and we all know that will probably end up being a slaughter. But they could possibly pull off the upset. We've seen it happen several times. Um, at what did you guys feel like that at any point during this game? I didn't, not really. Um, to be honest, I was like, okay, uh, what they, they were leading pretty much until um, the fourth quarter when they had a good distance on them, um, and then the fourth quarter started happening. I was like, oh no, they're about to let them really either tie this game up or just choke at the end. But I never really felt like it was like a hundred percent when it happened. I still was like, "Oh, what do I get the ball back?" So they'll either score or just run the time down, something like that. Right. right. Yeah, I, um, I, I didn't. There wasn't any point where I really thought, "All right, excuse me, um, all right, the Colts got this one in the bag." Uh, so. Yeah, I, I know. I'm a, there was a part of me that wanted to say, "Yeah, they the cheap the uh, the Colts could probably." pull off a quick, you know, field goal or something like that, maybe at the end, but um, yeah, but I know the call you're talking about, uh, where uh, I can't remember who made the uh, he got uh, uh, the wide receiver made the made the uh, catch, got up, he was on both of his feet, they went to tackle him and he, and he fumbled the ball um, and then they said yeah. that it was technically considered an incomplete pass because the ball, he was touched before he got up or whatever the whatever it was um, so, I mean, yeah, controversial as it may be, um, I guess 
especially in this day, especially in this day and age now, especially with the blown calls that we've seen in the past, um, especially like remember when uh, I think I think it was last year the uh, the uh, the Saint the uh, the Rams uh, Saints game when they had that legitimate pass interference call, you know, but the referee never called it, and you know a lot of people say that it was you know bogus and. That's when there was conspiracy theories about the NFL being rigged and all that sort of stuff, saying you wouldn't let, you know, the Saints meet up with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And it's like, what the fuck? And, you know, but anyway, um, and we, ain't going, we ain't going down that rabbit hole just yet. Uh, so <laughs> we ain't going down that rabbit hole just yet. So the Bills do win and they do advance. Um, the next game we're going to talk about is a game that I legitimately did not see happening the rams beat the seahawks 30 to 20 i was not expecting that i will you know this is the third home playoff lost in the history and it's their second loss to the rams at home during the playoffs so the la rams i mean we've always said that we thought that the rams were a top 10 team I really wasn't expecting them to win this game i figured seattle would have had you you had the home field advantage so you had the ability to you know, make some things happen, but man, it's just like it's like like I really wasn't expecting LA to win that one. What about y'all? I mean, um, I sure wasn't expecting uh, the Rams to beat playoff Russell Wilson, but they did. Yeah, um, playoff Russell Wilson didn't look really good. Um, I, there was something off about him, I, and you're going to hear me say that a lot, but. I mean, when you you think of guys that are clutch in the playoffs, you think of Russell Wilson. I mean, that dude is just, he's a beast. But uh, there, there was something really off about him um, in this this game. Uh, and, and the receivers, um, they like DK Metcalf dropped. A, a few balls that he shouldn't have uh and so did Tyler Lockett it was just it was it was weird it was like they they wanted to be there but they didn't want to be there you know what I mean yeah but we can also take into account that the Seattle's defense didn't really show up to play either allowing yes, 30 they points yes they did you allowed Bobby 30 Wagner, but you, you allowed Wagner had, no they didn't allow 30 points one of them was a pick six uh, and then <laughs> Dude, that, that kind of blows the case, though. I mean, there was a couple of field, and there was also a couple of field goals. I mean, their defense didn't really allow that much scoring to happen. Yeah, I mean, Bobby I Wagner say. had Bobby Wagner had sixteen tackles, a sack, a tackle for, and a tackle for a loss. I mean, they had three yeah, tackles. Jared Goff only had one, uh, one touchdown. Cam Akers only had one touchdown. So. I mean, they only allowed two touchdowns. Uh, yeah. The defense only allowed two touchdowns. Yeah, dress for kicks in that pick six. But, I mean, the issue is Seattle's offensive line's not protecting Russell Wilson. He got sacked five times. Yeah. And gone to the days of Steve Hutchison, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have the protection he needed. They didn't get a run game really going. I um, mean, they only had 136 uh, yards on the ground. I mean, that's kind of bad. Yeah. You think in the well, I mean, now that I mean the Seahawks are out, I mean, and obviously they're going to be projected to obviously get somebody in the draft. Do you think this is the part of, of the season 
where they really, really, really start thinking about improving their running game, maybe picking up a you know uh, running back. They, they oh. did. Um, sorry, I said they did pick up. Like, they've been picking one almost every year, really. They, uh, they, need, they need offensive line help then. Yeah, yeah, they definitely need that. But they don't have a um, they don't have a first round pick. Uh, they uh, traded that away to the Jets. <laughs> of all teams, you traded your yeah. pick to the damn Jets. Okay. All right, so yeah, the Rams, who were sitting at the number six seed, is moving on. And then we go to the very next game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team. Tampa Bay wins 31-23. to Tom Brady has 31 career playoff wins, which is the most by any quarterback since 1950. So shout out to you, Tom Brady. But bro, this game... It could have easily been won by Washington. I mean, Washington legit came to play. I mean, Taylor Hick, uh, what is it? Taylor Heineke came to play. Right. That dude was a monster that game. Like, he had earned himself a a job. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he threw for 306 yards on Buccaneers defense. Yep. One touchdown. Yeah. Uh, he was 26 for 44. Uh, also, he left the game, went to the locker room, um, like got doctored up and came back out and still played and threw amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If, like, if, if Ron Rivera is smart, he's locking this kid up for a while. You know, if you want to keep Alex Smith there to – let this kid learn underneath him or even Alex Smith to, you know, potentially, you know, be the backup to come in if the kid's struggling or something like that, you know, great. But, you know, if this kid, if you think this kid's going to be the future of your franchise, stick with him. Don't, don't use him as trade bait. Cause I know a lot of people will probably say, Hey, if you want to keep Alex Smith, you could, or you could tr- use Alex Smith for trade bait or, you know, cause you know, this time of year, Especially when you get eliminated in the playoffs, automatically they're going to say, well, are you going to use this guy to move up and further in the draft? Or People do that all the time, you know. But um, So a little bit about Ty- Tyler Heineke. Uh, he, uh, this isn't, like, he's not new to the NFL. Um, he, <clears throat> he's been a member of the Minnesota Vikings, the New England Patriots, the Houston Texans, the Carolina Panthers, and he also played for the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL. Oh, okay. Uh, huh. Yeah. Uh, so he he came into the league in 2015 as an undrafted free agent and signed with uh, the Vikings. He was a, with the Vikings for the 2015-2016 season. Uh, then he got uh, put on the Patriots practice squad in 2017. Uh, played a couple of games in Houston in 2017 they they got him off of the uh off of waivers uh then he played he last played in the nfl uh for the carolina panthers um in 2018 then he went uh and joined the uh st louis battle hawks he played for them at the beginning of this year uh for like one game and um so prior to joining the Washington football team, 
uh, this year, he was actually in college um, finishing out his degree. Well, there you go. Yeah. Can't make it to the pros. Yeah, get your education. You can't make it to the pros. Um, Yeah, he... uh, uh, he he was finishing his engineering degree at Old Dominion. He didn't sign um, with Washington until December the eighth, and was he was promoted to the active roster on the nineteenth of December. Right. Wow. Um. Hold on. Before we move on, um, I gotta go real quick. Well, I'll be back in a second. The baby's acting up, so give me a yep. second. Hey, no problem. Do you? No problem. That being said, though, while he's taking a quick break, let me uh, remind you guys about Thompson Personal Training. My good buddy Sean Thompson has been doing a great job helping me lose weight. I'm down 23 pounds, and he's been giving me an intense cardiovascular workout, everything from weights, everything from in-ring boxing workouts to many different types of workouts, field workouts, things, things of that nature. You will get all the bang for your buck if you really dedicate yourself to the nutrition plan, the workout plan that he's got provided for you. All you got to do is sign up for three months and you get the fourth month absolutely free. Just check him out on Facebook or go to Thompson Personal Training on Facebook. Make sure you tell him that Movement Radio sent you and you can, get, you can be uh, qualified for that very special deal. Um, Chip, while uh, while we're waiting back on Roger, let's talk about uh, Tampa Bay for just a quick second. You know, with Tom Brady, this is thirty-one career playoff you know wins. With that number, can we go ahead and say that as far as playoff like postseason, can we say he's the best postseason quarterback in the history of the NFL? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Um, most lot, definitely. Has he overtaken Joe Montana, or are we still? Is it still that era versus era kind of? It's, it's always going to be era versus era um, because they played they played the same position, but they played A, in two different eras, but B, two different styles. Right. Um, you know, uh, when Joe Montana was a quarterback, they didn't have earpieces. It was it was truly on Joe Montana to run the offense. Uh, and then, you know, during Brady's time, you know, they had earpieces in the helmets, uh, that they, they got to use progressively more throughout the years. Uh, so it was always, you know, Belichick or whoever, like shooting him the play and like, okay, here's that. And he, he did, he does have the option to change that play at the line, but it, that's completely different at than what Joe Montana had to do. Right. But also at the same time, you know, Joe Montana had something Tom Brady never had. You know, he had he had Jerry Rice. Now, Tom Brady did have Randy Moss. I'm not going to say that. He had Randy Moss for a, a half a season? Something like that, you know. And they made it to the Super Bowl. Didn't win it, but they made it to the Super Bowl. You know, Jerry, of course, I mean, I've gone on record by saying this, you know, to several people. And, you know, I'm it's it's... It's not a hill that I'm willing to die on, but it's just my own personal opinion. As far as I'm concerned, I think Jerry Rice is the greatest player that ever played in the NFL, on based on just numbers and statistics at the position alone. You know, wide I would say I would say greatest wide receiver. I don't know about player. Um, and what I'm and what I mean by player is like your statistics at your position are so incredible, comparable to everybody else who played any other position. Like, like. It's debatable 
if it's Joe Montana or Tom Brady. It's debatable if it's Walter Payton or Barry Sanders. It's debatable if it's, you know, Ray Lewis or Mean Joe Green or Mike Singletary. Like, a lot of them are debatable. There is no debate whatsoever strictly based on numbers with Jerry Rice. There's Jerry Rice and then there's everybody else. You can talk about Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Terrell Owens, Marvin Harrison, everybody after that. Because in order for somebody to catch Jerry Rice, they would have to have like like a 2,000-yard receiving yard season every year and play 20 years in the NFL. Like he's got like 22,000 receiving yards. Like the, the, the next closest one is like T.O., Randy Moss. The closest active person that's still playing in this game today is Larry Fitzgerald, and he hasn't even... I think, I think he's in the 10,000s. I'm not 100% sure about that. But that's what I mean by when uh, I say the greatest player. Like, if there should be, at least in other positions, there's debatables. I can't really see a debatable with anybody in, at the wide receiver position. That's why, for me, I would say he's the greatest player because strictly his position, there's no one even close. There's people close at other positions, not at the wide receiver. Wide receiver, that's always Jerry Rice, in my, in my opinion. You know. Um. Okay, I would agree with that, but there is a debate as to whether it's him, him being Jerry Rice or Randy Moss. Uh, now, statistics are going to tell you every time that it's Jerry Rice, right? Right, but it doesn't always go by statistics that is true uh, that is true even though it should uh i like i said i would put uh jerry rice number one all time right N there's no debate that in no debating that for me right right but you're gonna have some people that are gonna debate for whatever reason that randy moss is the guy <laughs> uh yeah and, and i think it's just because Again, it's that era thing. Uh, you know, Jerry Rice started playing uh, in the NFL in 85, right? Right. Randy Moss didn't start playing in the NFL until 98. Right. You know? Yeah, 90, so that, 98, something like that, yeah. It, it was 98. That's 13 years uh, prior. You know, I mean, uh, Jerry Rice had 13 years before Randy Moss stepped onto the field, right? Um, but also, so. but also in a in, in you know, we can all agree that in today's NFL, today's NFL is way more pass happy than it was back in Jerry Rice's time. So for Jerry Rice to accumulate the numbers in an era where the offense, especially the passing offense, never got a whole lot of love, that's saying a lot. Not to say that there weren't any good defensive players. Especially at the corners, you know, because Dion was in the league, you know, Ronnie Lott was in the league, you know, uh, Darren, you know, uh, who, who, who am I thinking of? Daryl Green was in the league. Like, there were so many great, you know, defensive players. Anita, Anita Williams was in the league. So, yeah, that, so they were, they had some some heat, some headhunters on defense back then, you know. Um, but, right. But I'm going to throw out a name for you uh, that – I think is a better receiver than Randy Moss. Uh, 
and arguably could be better than Jerry Rice. Okay. <clears throat> A gentleman, he played for the Green Bay Packers. His name was Don Hutchinson. Don Hutchinson, yeah. I, I, I can I can see where people a lot of people would fit that in, you know, because of his statistics was, you know, at the time I mean at the time his him him playing at the wide receiver position was a kind of revolutionary. He did revolutionize the position. But it right. but it kind of goes back to the argument that we had a couple of months ago where do you credit the, the pioneers or do you credit the innovators? That's the thing. You see, uh, Don Hutchinson had 99 career touchdown receptions. That record was not broken for 40 years, and it wasn't until Jerry Rice that it, it or I'm sorry, it, it wasn't broken until 40 years after he retired, and it wasn't until Jerry Rice that that record was broken right and but if you think yeah. about it because right now i think jerry rice is sitting at like 297 i want to say i believe so yeah i yeah. mean running pat i mean obviously if you're a pass if you're a quarterback you're going to get to that number obviously if you have a great you know career if you throw a minimum of shit you can get you can reach that number if you have a minimum of 50 touchdowns in a five in a five-year span you know you can you can or a six-year span you could easily surpass that number right um but yeah, I, and I think, and that's just, and that's just offensively. God, you know what? If I had to go, and you know what, I, I told a story. I lied. Um, in in terms of linebackers, mm-hmm. my God, can you think of a better linebacker than Lawrence Taylor? In his prime, was there a better linebacker than Lawrence Taylor? He made two positions famous: the the uh, the edge rusher and the left tackle, because because he broke Joe Theismann's leg. On cocaine. <laughs> Think about that. That's true. He broke Th- Joe Theismann's leg on cocaine. So that's when everyone said, yep, we got to get a left tackle. And then that's when you seen Orlando Pace get paid, Jonathan Ogden get paid, and all these big motherfuckers getting paid to guard the <laughs> to guard the blind side of the, uh, of the quarterback because most of your quarterbacks in the league were right-handed at the time. You know? So, Roger back. Yeah, I've been back. Oh, okay. Well, you you just you didn't want to interrupt. No, I was just listening to you guys have your conversation. Uh, oh, okay. You know, let the old heads talk. Hey, hey yeah. man, come on now. <laughs> okay, so so the question was, uh, greatest wide receiver, Jerry Rice or Randy Moss? Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. I mean, one, I mean, he was great on the 49ers. He was also great on the Raiders. Like, exactly. Like people forget uh, about that because they always remember his days with the 49ers. But I mean, when he went to the Raiders, he was still balling even in his old age. Yeah, and he had old ass Rich Gannon throwing to him too. It was the old person connection, <laughs> right? That's right. All right. So we're gonna jump from there to the games that took place on Sunday. First game that took place with the Ravens and the Titans. Ugh, Tennessee Titans at home lost again. 20 to 13 and the Ravens do pick up their win. This is they are 6 and 0 on the road in wild card games. So, congrats to the Baltimore Ravens. This game honestly, man, this game was kind of disappointing the, a little bit though. I mean, cuz you figured there'd be more fireworks. Yep. This was um Lamar Jackson's first 
like playoff win was it or something like that? Yeah, yeah it, was it was the first, the playoff, first win. playoff win for Lamar Jackson. Um, and did did you guys watch this game by chance? I watched some of it. I watched I some of it, all of it. But I mean, from what I was watching, I was kind of like, I was like, uh, I, I think that the Ryan Tannehill we said that was supposed that wasn't supposed to show up is the one that showed up. Exactly. But okay, yep. so if you go back and watch the highlights of this game, uh, Derrick Henry, the king himself, only rushed for forty yards, which right doesn't make sense. The the Ravens stacked him up better than anybody I have ever seen since he's been in the league. Yeah. It's insane. He stacked him better uh, than what Kansas City did last year. Yes. So during the whole broadcast, they kept billing this game as Lamar Jackson versus Derrick Henry. Lamar Jackson versus Derrick Henry. So the game's over, and there's a, a reporter doing an interview with Lamar Jackson. And uh, she said, so you got your first playoff win. Uh, but what we really want to talk about is we want to talk about Lamar Jackson versus Derrick Henry. And he said, no, stop. He's like, that man is a great running back. He said, and I'm a quarterback. We play two different games or we play two different positions. This was not Lamar Jackson versus Derrick Henry. This was Derrick Henry versus my defense this was me versus the titans defense not me versus him right and, and shut it down just like that yeah well that but that shows maturity on his part you know because he's he is still a very young quarterback in this league and a lot of times the quarterbacks especially if you're a young quarterback or young stud you know wide receiver whatever they normally they will feed on you know a little bit of the attention that they're getting, you know, but for him to acknowledge it the way that he did and completely shut it down and say, nah, man, this was, this was, you know, me versus the defense, you know, finally somebody gets it. Finally, a, a young cat like that gets it because he understands that it's a team game. You know, it ain't Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson will never be on the field at the exact same time. That's a fact. You know, unless um, somehow well, put, let me put him at linebacker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless they put Lamar Jackson as a linebacker, but I no, mean, Derrick Henry or Derrick Henry's linebacker. You know, right, put Lamar Jackson. I mean, I mean, this. I mean, this ain't high school. I mean, you can't really. Well, can you, you do that? You don't put your franchise quarterback. Yeah, you can put. I mean, Ray Moss played uh, safety and during the Super Bowl when they lost to the Giants. Yeah, uh, JJ Watt has played running back and quarterback and tight end and tight end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He in the a, same game that he was playing uh, on the defensive line. He, so, yeah. I, I think in one game, didn't he score on defense and offense on two different positions? Yes. It was ridiculous when I saw it. I was like, they really did let this man just ball out like that. Yeah. That was that week nine. That was like like that that week nine game versus Denver. What? No. Uh, I don't know. It's been. It's been a couple years ago. I know the game you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's been, been years. <laughs> yeah, I think I want to say maybe four years. I want to say it was the Broncos four, five years ago. Ooh, I think yeah. you guys still had. No, I think you guys still had lobster hands as your quarterback. Who us or uh, Denver? Oh, oh shit! Yeah, he played for both teams. <laughs> I was waiting to see which one it was. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I want to say. I want to say. Houston, but I'm your team too, huh? He played for your team too. You no, know, we ain't we, we ain't discussing that now. Let's let's can move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was more worried about Tebow back in the day on the Jets. Say what? Say what now? I said you were more worried about Tebow beating your team on the Jets. Yeah, 
no, no, Tebow, no, Tebow beat, no, hold on, time out, no, Tebow beat Miami when he was in Denver. And the Jets. And the Jets. <laughs> That's your next jersey, just remember that. Yeah, my yeah. next jersey. <laughs> All right, I didn't know what size Cam Newton New England Patriots jersey you want. I mean, I'm going to have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think you ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> anyway. All right, let's move on to the next uh, ass whooping. All right, yeah. All right, calm down. All right, so let's jump on to the very next game. So we got the New Orleans. Uh, this game was a fucking. <laughs> the Saints and the Bears. The Saints. This, this Saints just whooped that ass 21 to 9. It wasn't even close. Like, this game literally. This game bored me, honest to God. Like, I mean, it bored me half to death. Like, I literally, there was a, there was a few points I was doing something. I had it on, but it was like background ambient noise. It wasn't even like, I wasn't even paying attention. It's like, no, Saints scored again. Oh, well, you know. I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, it, there was no flash to this game. There was no, it was, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a 12 and 14 beating an 8 and 8 team. A team well, that probably. A barely, a barely 8 and 8 team. A barely 8 and 8 team, yeah. With, but did with Rogers' favorite quarterback, you know? Didn't we say that the Bears didn't deserve this position? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And they proved uh, it, especially with Mitch Trubisky as the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he didn't throw an interception this time. <laughs> uh, Whoop de do! <laughs> he threw he a also, touchdown. He, he did throw a touchdown. A t- yeah, but it was a garbage touchdown. It was like at the end of the game, and no one gave a shit. It was the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they didn't even give a fuck to kick the fucking field goal with that, the fucking uh, PAT at the end of the game. They were like, fuck this. We don't care. We're real, story, real story is Alvin Kamara literally outrunning the Chicago, all of Chicago, twice. He had 99 yards. Chicago had 48 yards. Yeah. Yeah. He did twice as much as he did by himself. It's insane, dude. Get get yourselves off the field. <laughs> yes, yes. But but you should have just tapped out. And, and, Too and bad funny to get Miami in here. Say what now? Too bad Miami got screwed and you get to get in here. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we, I mean, we wouldn't have played the Saints anyway. We'd have been we we would have ended up playing Buffalo again, which we probably would have got our ass whooped again too. But you know what? It, it is what it uh, is. It's still a bit more entertaining game than this. That is true. That exactly. is true. But it says, but in an ironic twist, though, New Orleans, it's the fewest points allowed in a playoff game in team history. So they only allowed the nine points. So yay for them. So, excuse me. Oh, yay. Uh, here's the funny thing, though. Uh, this was pro- more than likely Mitch Trubisky's last game in Chicago. Yes. So are we suggesting maybe the Bears pick up somebody in free agency? Or are we going to see maybe them picking up somebody in the draft? They got somebody. The the, the man that should have been playing to begin with. Uh, Chip has a name for him. Oh, yeah, we call him Big Dick Nick. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll find out if he gets healthy enough to come back. Because he signed a three-year deal, didn't he? Or two-year deal? He did? Yeah. So we they won. knew he was going to be the, the, the next one they wanted. That's kind of funny. Right. Well, we'll certainly see if Nick Foles can bring it back to the forefront. But that's next year. But the last game we're gonna talk about is the game. Not 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 to brag, but I called that shit. I wasn't call I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to go the way that it went. But I called that shit. Cleveland Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers forty fucking eight to thirty seven. I'm like, what? I was I, I was not okay. expecting it to be a blowout the way that it was. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting 
freaking Cleveland to be up like 35 to 7 at the end of the half. It was 28 nothing after after the, the first, first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about can we talk about the very first snap of this game? Oh my god. It was atrocious. Dude, Bouncy, what were you doing? Dude, I told like 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 I told I told you guys Sunday when we when we were recording uh for the uh for for the Patreon video but by, uh or Patreon uh episode by the fact uh you guys check that out once soon as we get it up patreon.com slash movement radio. Um we were going to uh have to talk about this like just straight out the gate that it was gonna be just it's insane. Then, like, I was like completely blown away by the fact that they scored that many points so soon. And I had brought up the fact that the first play, what Chip, what you was fixing to talk about, it reminded me so much of when the Seahawks and the Broncos played in the Super Bowl. How Peyton Manning got the ball overshot over his head, and they had a safety. It wasn't a touchdown, but it was it's, a safety. It's so hard to believe that somebody overshot Big Head like that. I know, right? probably didn't get caught in, like, his seventh head or something like that. <laughs> it's insane, right? And you know, else, you know who else has a big-ass forehead like that? That would be me. No, I'm talking about <laughs> fucking Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan and Peyton Manning got the same forehead. Yeah, dude, it's from, all, it's from taking all those hits to the face. <laughs> Shit. Is that my excuse, then? Well, I just got a big forehead for the hell of it. I don't have I don't have dreams. I have motion pictures. You don't even have a big forehead. You just got a a, a terrible hairline. Man, no, <laughs> no, I, I know I got a big forehead. I got a big forehead. You paint you paint a red H on my head, a fucking helicopter lands. Just saying. But if, um, your, if, if your hairline lined up properly, it would, you wouldn't be able to do that. Not my, <laughs> my hairline. If your hairline lined up your head. head I look weird as shit. <laughs> you talking about me? You can't even grow hair on the top of your head no more. Thanks to I a certain individual. Came. Thanks to a certain individual who didn't know how to use a hot comb. Or, or, <laughs> I mean, that's she true. the reason you ain't got no damn mohawk anymore. She, she the reason I ain't got hair no more. <laughs> uh, we love the, you though. The biggest parts about this game was uh, Baker Mayfield look uh, amazing, and Big Ben looked like he never played football before. Ain't that the truth? Joe, is, is this one of those situations where he's showing his age, or is he, he like... Oh. He, threw, he threw 68 times, completed 47, 501 yards, but he had four touchdowns and four interceptions. Granted, two of them hit his receiver's hand, so they weren't on him, but I mean, they they don't have a run game, so they literally had a force to pass. Well, wait, well, what, well, what happened to that one running back that was really good for him? Fucking, what's his name? James Conner? Huh? James Conner? Yeah, what happened to him? He ran 11 times, but only got 37 yards. They stacked that uh, front. They, they knew the game plan. Once you stop that run, you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. yeah. I, I find it so funny. Like, I'm going to pause this real quick because I've seen it on, I seen it on um, one of the websites. I can't remember if it was ESPN or Fox. I can't remember which one it was. But I believe it, it was right after the game um, because now that uh, – let's see. Let me go back up. I'm sorry. Uh, now that the Ravens had uh, won – uh, and, and the fifth seed and the Browns are the sixth seed. The, the lowest seed goes to the higher seed, which means that Kansas City will play uh, the, Browns. the Browns. Well, yeah. <laughs> the pit, Chase Claypool, rookie uh, wide receiver Chase Claypool, after the game said, yeah, they beat us, but it's cool. They're going to get beat next week anyway by the Chiefs. And I'm like, um, the 
that, that that I don't think that's your line. I think the winner's supposed to talk shit. Like you talking, <laughs> you got your ass beat the way that you got your ass beat, and you still gonna talk shit. Like I mean, the worst the worst talker of all was Juju. He said, <laughs> right? The game, like he's like they just saying Brown, the Browns. We ain't gotta worry about them. Okay, Mister TikTok, go out there and do your dancing some more. Mm-hmm. He ain't got a lot of time to make. He's got a lot of times to make some TikToks now. And you know what's so fucked up is that you know what you know what's so fucked up about that whole situation though is that everybody shitted on Antonio Brown for doing the whole Facebook Live thing, especially Juju. And now Juju is fucking like, damn, you couldn't learn from Antonio Brown's example. Like seriously, yeah, but, Juju, but Juju is that generation, that social media generation. Yeah, but even then, yeah, you but can't. But, but but that's what I'm saying. Like you can't criticize somebody and then you do the exact same thing that they get you criticize them for it's being hypocrite I mean, I mean he's just doing dances on the social media but like the thing is he's losing focus dude exactly. uh Antonio Brown was doing some ridiculous stuff yeah he was doing Facebook live and still balling out yeah that's there's a big difference but you were talking about James Conner in the run game he had 11 carries for, for only 37 yards right yeah, so I mean, I mean, the Steelers only total ran 16 times for 52 yards. Uh, I mean, right. Kareem Hunt almost had as much as they did, and he's the backup. <laughs> right. But no, like this this game right here, man, Baker Mayfield, bro, he played like he, like, it literally was like, he acted like this was the last game he was ever going to be allowed to play. Like, he's like, nah, I ain't losing this contract this year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I mean, he was 21 for 34 for 263 yards. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. But he also, he also ran. Hey, go ahead. I'm sorry. I said, go ahead. Go ahead. I was to say he also ran five times for three yards. Uh, but I mean, he his passing, he averaged seven point seven yards on each pass. So this exactly. man was getting them down the field. Also, yeah. uh, Jarvis Landry out here just putting it on them. Yeah. Five receptions, ninety-two yards, eight targets. I mean. And Austin Austin Hooper's playing like he finally did like he was when he was at uh Atlanta. Nick yeah. Chubb was doing better as a receiver than he did as a running back. Which is saying a lot because he I mean he's still out. He was the leading rusher still. Yep. I mean this this right here is how they should be, they should always play. I mean even Cream Hunt had one catch for thirteen yards. I mean they, everybody was getting down the field. Like there yep. was there was nothing going wrong for them at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I said this. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it. You know, when we get to the divisional round. But I said this on Facebook. If these Browns show up against the Chiefs, the Browns win. Oh yeah, easily because that defense is just they they knew how to contain the run. So that's exactly. gonna stop, that's going to stop uh, Clyde Edwards, and they had their defensive line was doing the perfect zone push, so they would drop back. And then pushed at the right time, and that was giving them the ability to swap the ball. They had tons of pass deflections as a defensive line. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it is insane how they. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they played. They, I would say they played the perfect game. And also, can we talk about how the Browns were coming into this game with almost all their coaches out on the COVID list? Yeah, like the, whoever whoever their interim was, or however they practiced for this game. I mean, I'm pretty sure Baker was calling all the shots on offense by himself. He had to have. I think so. But I think, but, yeah. but, but I think, but, but you also got to think, I mean, because uh, Baker Mayfield, he's, he comes from Oklahoma. So, I mean, he's got to have that pet grass. Didn't, but he didn't, he wasn't he allowed to call a lot of plays when he was in Oklahoma? Like, uh, I, he was I, able I, to, yeah. 
I can't remember if Lincoln Riley. I know was Lincoln Riley his coach or was it somebody before Lincoln Riley that was there? No, Lincoln Riley was his coach for all four years he was there. He was there three years. Well, all three years he was there. Yeah, okay. Because I'm pretty sure I could have sworn that there was somebody else who was there before him, but I don't think he was there. Bob Stoops. I don't. The difference is that the reason why they let you do that in college is because if you're the best college guy in your conference you don't have to worry about much i mean baker mayfield was out running people all the time he was pretty much he acted like a tight end he got the ball and just ran through people when right. he was getting called but here he was making the smartest route decisions ever and he only ran to get out of pocket for safety like he wasn't running to run like he was extending the play but i mean this this browns team man they're 11 and 5 but we've said it before they should definitely have been the they should have definitely been over Pittsburgh to begin with. Oh yeah, um, but like wow, like we we know they're good, and we've talked about it. Um, especially after um, OBJ went out, they definitely got better. Oh, absolutely. And they this game right here literally solidified how uh, if this team stays together next year is going to be like it's going to be impossible to beat them. Yeah, I mean hell, it might be. I mean hell, who knows, man? I've seen a number six seed come out of nowhere and win championships. You never know. It could happen. You never know. The Giants, the Giants, we did it. No, the Giants yeah. did it. The Pittsburgh Steelers did it. New Orleans Saints did it. I mean, it, it's it's possible. It could be done. Uh, Talon, my, my bad. Um, he did play under Bob Stoops. He did play under Bob Stoops? Uh, yeah. Was it his freshman year or whatever? Uh, well, no. So he didn't He didn't start with Oklahoma. He, he actually played uh, at Texas Tech for Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> then he transferred in February of 2014. He transferred to Oklahoma and had to sit that year. Yeah, because if you transfer, then you yeah, because if you transfer, then you can't. You're automatically. Uh, yeah, well, I think you're. I think if you transfer schools for whatever reason, then you're exempt from the 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 year or whatever. If you transfer yeah. in division, if you transfer down a division, you're able to play. Right. Yeah. Uh. Well, depending, you can get a waiver like um. Jalen Hurts got a waiver. He played uh, when he transferred to Oklahoma. He played straight out. Justin Fields, when he transferred from um, Georgia to Ohio State, he played straight out. Uh, didn't have to sit. So there was that. There, there are some exceptions. Uh, but yeah, he only played um, three seasons uh, for Oklahoma. Yeah, and one of them was uh, Bob Stoops, and the uh, other two were for Lincoln Riley. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that is it for the divisional round. We got four big, exciting games coming up this upcoming week for the for the. Uh, oh, that was Wild Card Weekend. I'm sorry, we got, we got divisional round coming up. Looking forward to this upcoming week. Um, but before we get into that, can we also talk about something else that went down this week? Um. The Philadelphia Eagles have fired Doug Peterson as their head coach. Um, what did you guys think about that? Um, so I got a question for you guys real quick. Yes. Um, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, who was their head coach? Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson. And was that within the last five years? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, just wondering about that because this move made no damn sense at all whatsoever. Um, yeah, he, he threw the last game of the season and they're going through a rebuild right now. They don't know what the quarterback situation is. Um, really, if they go with Jalen Hurts, then they are going to sort of slow build. But 
firing him? Really? He's the only coach to bring you a Super Bowl. Yeah, it made no sense. Like, I, I would like to, I would like to have been a fly on the wall when they they fired Doug Peterson and what they told him. Like, why was he fired? Because if if he was only fired because they they shit that last game, then uh, oh well, you weren't making the playoffs even if you won that game. So, what does it matter? Yeah, like, well, I mean, well, Jeffrey Lurie, you know always preaches on integrity of the game and things like that. So maybe maybe that was a slight to him and his, you know. Uh, yeah, but maybe that was his, maybe that was Doug Peterson's, maybe his thinking behind that was, all right, if we, if we win this game, we get, you know, we're out of the top 10 when it comes to draft picks. But if we lose this game, we get a top 10 draft pick and we can really go after somebody that we, we need as a position player. No, you know, if it, but, 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 and, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, uh, uh, there was a lot of people that say, Oh, well, the field, like Jalen hurts quit on the team. It's like, first of all, Jay, that wasn't Jalen hurts call. Like you can see Jalen hurts on the sideline looking like, I don't know if you guys can read lips or not, but you can read his lips and you can clearly, t- he, he, he clearly says, man, that ain't right. You know, I guess in refers to, you know, what, then when Doug Peterson pulled him, pulled him for Nate Stanfield or whatever, you know, but so um, real quick. Um, so uh, the article here I'm reading says that Peterson was expected to remain the coach despite the four eleven and one season. Um, but after multiple meetings with uh, Jeffrey Lurie over the past week, um, he felt that Peterson did not have a sound, clear vision on how to address the myriad of issues facing the team uh, from navigating uh, Carson Wentz to uh, fixing the offense that finished 26 in scoring and 28 in passing yards. Um, well, fuck if everybody was hurt. Was it only that? Be a miracle for yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, your offensive line is hurt for most of the season. You put him to uh, a rookie who you didn't actually plan on using. Um, yeah, guess what? Stuff happens. Get, he had one bad season, and you're going to fire him because he doesn't have the vision you have for the team. He let you do a Super Bowl. His vision obviously worked the first time, right? And, uh, and, and also, it's, yeah, I mean, and it's not like you. It's, I mean, it's not like your division was a fucking horror to get through. You know what I mean? You were you you're in the division with the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, and the Washington Football Team. All three of these teams. Let's be honest, they're not that good. You know, so and, and 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 Washington is good in Spurs, but that's Spurs, but that's about it. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles had. I guarantee you, if the Philadelphia Eagles would have been healthy this year, they would at least be ten and six, if not eleven and five. My opinion. Um, also, apparently, uh, it looks like the owner, um, his vision for the team is to continue to build on Wentz, and I think that's where the issue was between him and Peterson. Well, I mean, I haven't been a fan of Wentz for a, a while. Not because I don't think he's a good quarterback. I, he's a good quarterback. I do think he's a good quarterback. He's so injury prone. I cannot rely on him to no. stay healthy. No. Uh, let's see. Um, there's also a couple other things on um, coaches stuff. Um, Chuck Pagano is officially retiring now. Um, he was playing up. Uh, he was coaching with the uh, Chicago Bears, um, but he officially retired as of a few hours ago. Rest in peace. Um, 
Or uh, uh, good luck, Chucky P. And I was gonna say, uh, Seahawks general manager John Schneider signed an extension. Um, the Seattle Seahawks fired their offensive coordinator, which I don't, I don't think that was the right call because they at the beginning of the season they were very dynamic still, and they, I mean, they still make great plays and they're still scoring points. Um, that offensive line is the issue. That's not on him. Um, I wouldn't use him as the scapegoat. Um. I saw something else and I just cannot remember. The uh, Colts left tackle Anthony Costanza retired. Did he? Yep. After 144 starts, 10 seasons in the NFL, he calls it quits. Wow. Oh, actually, now that I think about it, uh, (laughs) so this upcoming week, uh, we'll talk about it when the game happens. I'll I'll wait for the game. Um, Oh, and apparently the... uh, Tua actually had the top-selling NFL rookie jersey this year. Yep, and the third um, third jersey overall. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the big headline coming out of um, Dallas is that they have uh, reached a deal to uh, bring in new defensive coordinator, <laughs> former <laughs> Atlanta Falcons head coach, and, and we all know Dallas' favorite, favorite coach, coach ever. <laughs> Dan Quinn. I mean, you got to kiss my ass. <laughs> I, see, I, I was I was skeptical at saying that because I, I know how much you love Adam Gase. Oh, fuck Adam Gase. <laughs> right, right in his wonky eyes. <laughs> um, but anyway. The, the other thing that's, uh, the other rumor going around uh, that seems to have been confirmed after last night's national championship game is that former Houston Texans head coach Bill O'Brien will be the new offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah. Somebody tell me how that makes any fucking sense. Well, he, he's um, going to be there to hold a clipboard. We all know Nick Saban's calling the fucking plays anyway. So apparently uh, the new GM for the Jets... Um, is already contacted. So it was Joe Doug, uh, Joe Douglas is the new GM for the Jets. Um, he used to be part of the Eagles organization, and he shouted out Doug Peterson. And what what you know? Hey, who just got fired and needs a new head coach? Exactly right. But also, and, uh, but also the Houston Texans have also reached out to uh, Eric uh, Bieniemy. Uh, for uh, an interview for their head coach position as well, so there's every team, every team's going to interview him because he's obviously but I've already, the best. Hey, but, but I've already called it on this. I called it on a few weeks ago. I said that Eric Bieniemy is going to be the new head coach of the Houston Texans because he's, he's got you got Watson. If he's still there, I mean, I think if you bring if management does, I mean, obviously the new general manager. I mean, they didn't let Watson you know, in on who the new GM was going to be and that kind of, you know, that ruffled his feathers a little bit. He was all upset. You know, you know, if you're the, if you're the, if you're the franchise player, then obviously you would, you would expect to have a little bit more consideration, you know, cause you are going to be the one who, and we talked about it, you know, again, between the NBA and the NFL where the NBA, it's more player friendly and the NFL is like, you, you, you do this for the shield. You do this for the team, you know, because, you know, so reading more into that situation, I understand why 
Deshaun Watson is upset. He was told by Cal McNair that uh, he would have input into the hiring of the new general manager and the new head coach. Um, apparently, it was Deshaun Watson's idea to bring in an outside firm to do research uh, to see who would be the best possible candidate for the general manager's position. Um, Nick Casario was not on that list. However, he got hired. Um, that upset Deshaun Watson. I understand that. Um, Deshaun Watson wants Eric Bieniemy to be the new head coach. Apparently, he's not even in contention to be the new head coach. Um, they are looking at two people and two people only. One, uh, neither of which that I agree with. One of which is Marvin Lewis, because uh, <laughs> he does such a great job. Exactly, and the other is um, his name just slipped. I, I cannot remember it right Smith? off the top of my head now. I'm sorry. Is it Arthur Smith? Yes, Arthur Smith. Yeah. Well, Arthur uh, Smith is one that a lot of people have been looking into a lot lately, which I've heard that he's actually a front runner for the Atlanta job and the Carolina job. Well, not Carolina job. I'm sorry. He's, he's coming from Carolina. He's uh, uh, not Carolina, Jacksonville. He's a head. He's a head runner for Atlanta and Jacksonville. Um, he could possibly go to Houston though, but I still think Eric B is going to end up going to Houston. That's my that's my my hunt. I don't believe so. I don't think so. My hope is that he will end up in Houston. Uh, th that's my heart is telling me that. My head is telling me. He's not leaving Kansas City. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he will. Um, I don't think. I think he's going to wait to take over Kansas City when Andy Reid retires. To be honest, I think so. So you think it's more of like a so more like a like he's playing underneath Andy once Andy's contract's done, he's going to bow out gracefully and let Eric B take over the the reins because then you got a young, vibrant head coach. You got probably the best quarterback at that point. Possibly he'll be the best quarterback in the game because let's face it. Even if Andy Reid has maybe two more years left in his career, you know, those two years go by, Eric B. steps in as head coach, the Kansas City Chiefs, let's just say, you know, hypothetically speaking, they've already won another Super Bowl or whatever. You got the best young player in the game with with Patrick Mahomes, boy, this great offense, this great defense, a defense that hopefully you can add, add pieces on to. Tom Brady's retired, Aaron Rodgers is gone, Drew Brees is gone, like, Ben Roethlisberger's going like all the old, you know, you know, draft picks from like the 08 draft or the 05 draft and beyond are already retired, probably almost on the way on the way to Canton. And then it's like you pretty much have you basically you have the, the, the infinity gauntlet, you know, it's like like they don't already have it, you know, um, but I mean, that, I mean, that is a pretty good I mean, in theory, that sounds good. But in actuality, I got a feeling, and this is just me personally, I got a feeling that I, I don't think he will stay in Kansas City. I think that he'll want to go somewhere where, because if he stays, it's like, oh, well, you're just taking over a team that Andy Reid left you. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to you making your own team from scratch. Because because that's, that's what a lot of people will say, like when uh, 
John Gruden won in Tampa Bay. Oh, you won with Tony Dungy's guys, you know, or I don't think it's not the same situation. It's not the same situation. You don't think it'd be the same situation? No, because Andy Reid talks to his actual coaching staffs and actually wants to know who they want in drafts and free agency, stuff like that. He actually communicates with his team. And you're going to tell me that the guy that he promoted from running back coach to be his coordinator ain't going to have a say? Yeah, no, you got a point. You got a point. But I'm just throwing it out there. What if he does want to go and make a name for himself away from there, you know? And who's to say that he goes somewhere in the AFC and then it's his team versus the Kansas City Chiefs and it's like student versus teacher kind of thing or like mentor versus the young upstart head coach. I mean, I think it'd be – I mean, the story pretty much writes itself at that point, you know? I mean, it'd be a good story, but I think he's going to stay Kansas City. They pay him good now. They'll pay him good when he um, goes uh, to be the head coach. Um I mean, Andy Reid's pretty much primed this guy for years now. Um, I mean, have you ever seen them even argue before? Like, you know, usually argue the head coach and offense coordinator argue a lot. They really were seen arguing with each other. Like, I already know that Andy Reid's already set this guy up for the next job there. We will certainly. Yeah, I mean, I again, like I said, I would love as a Texans fan right now i would love <laughs> to uh see eric Bieniemy in houston uh, as the coach of deshaun watson um because i think i think personally that deshaun watson is a better overall quarterback than patrick mahomes the difference is patrick mahomes has a better coach coaching him uh a better play caller calling the plays for the team whereas deshaun watson has had bill o'brien as his head coach who has had bill o'brien calling the plays for his team and he's had to basically make chicken salad out of chicken shit whereas patrick mahomes basically was handed a silver platter well, I mean, and it doesn't help that Patrick. But that's my opinion. No, but but I'm, but I'm but I'm saying it doesn't help the fact that Patrick Mahomes has Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, you know, and all these other crazy weapons at his disposal. I mean, if Deshaun Watson was in Kansas City's offense, I think he'd be putting up the exact same numbers. You know, I mean, we talked about that. Anybody can go into Chiefs position and and win games. I mean, right? There's no doubt of that because I mean. Hey, when you got the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and your GM actually picks who needs to pick to get that team going, I mean, at this point, you could put uh, at Chad Henney in that position. Oh, wait, they did, and he was still scoring. Look at that. Yeah, there you go. It was the second string and third string. Right. So that's how – that's ridiculous. Like, I mean, if we if Deshaun Watson was there, he'd probably have two Super Bowls. Probably. If not, more. but uh, I'd say two Super Bowls. I mean, because um, Tyreek Hill was injured. Well, Tyreek Hill gets injured a lot nowadays. So I don't know what it is. Um, but <laughs> no, like to be honest, like I, I'm, I'm, I think uh, is going to stay there. Like we were talking about to begin with, would it be great if he did go and help Deshaun Watson? I think it'd be great. But does he want to take that load of that team and how they are right now? 
happen. I mean, somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to take the burden. Um, Adam Gase. Oh God! No, please no, <laughs> dude. I would not wish that upon. I wouldn't wish that upon my brother. I would not do that. I would not. I would not wish that upon Chip like that. No, I can't. I couldn't do that. I mean, you guys can um, get Doug Peterson. Hey. I mean, yeah, I would take Doug Peterson over Adam Gates. Go. <laughs> um, last piece of news before we move on to the uh, the back half of the draft. Um, Gus Bradley, it looks like he is going to be the new defensive coordinator for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders as well. Yeah. Seen that one. Hopefully he can uh, rev the defense up better and, you know, hopefully they'll have a better season than they did, you know, this, which they didn't really have that bad of a year. I mean, they beat Kansas City and, you know, they almost beat them twice. Almost beat them. Yeah, almost beat them twice. With the, with the backup defense. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I mean, it, Give that team a few more years, and they'll probably be they'll be in the running. I think. Well, if they do draft that uh, that linebacker that we were talking about last week. I mean, that defense is going to be nastier, right? And exactly, <laughs> I, I think they can beat the the Chiefs more often. I think they'll be able to do two games a season. <sighs> so, I, I think uh, it's possible. Yeah. Very uh, well. <laughs> so uh, last week we talked about. Um, Picks one through eighteen, uh, so I don't think we need to revisit those. But we can now pick. We can now talk about picks nineteen through twenty-four. Um, those are all locked in right now, uh, barring any trades. Coming in at nineteen is the Washington Football Team, mm-hmm. uh, who ended the season with a seven to nine record, followed by the Chicago Bears at twenty, who ended the season with an eight and eight record. Both had worse records than the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, I never gonna let me live that shit down, are you? It's it's not. I, I'm not saying that to rub that into you, into your face. I, I'm saying that to say structure. that the playoff structure is stupid, bogus. Uh, because you have a clearly better team who is on the outs, yeah. right? Uh, and then you have the Washington football team. Now, mind you, if that same Washington football team that played against Tampa Bay last week uh, had played all season, uh, we would probably be having a different conversation right now. For sure. But by record, the Dolphins had a better record and were outed from the playoffs because of this bogus-ass seating system that they use yeah uh well, it, well i mean it, it's a bogus ass seating system but it's also for the afs but the miami dolphins were an a is or an afc team and the super bowl is afc versus nfc and washington and chicago even though they both were seven and nine and eight and eight they were nfc teams and according to the people the fucking people who do this bullshit you know, my, you know, even though Tennessee, I'm sorry, not Tennessee, even though Indianapolis, you know, because Indianapolis did end up winning their game. Had Indianapolis lost, we would have been in. But because of the bull, boogered ass, you know, tiebreakers and all that bullshit. So, yeah. So, I, I'm, yeah. I, I personally think that the NFL seating system is as bogus as the NFL overtime rules. Yep. But, we're not going to talk about that right now because that's 
go get yeah, me that, into a whole different right ball game. Well, we've talked about it before. The way the playoffs should be is AFC and NFC and then the top seven teams from each side get in. It's based on your record. Um, first, also get automatically gets a bye, um, and then you just do like the wild card, and then you go on from there. You get the 14 best teams, and then you have right. them go against each other. Yes. Now, um, the overtime rules, whew, we could do an episode on that alone. Just on that. <laughs> and we all hate those rules. <laughs> so, uh, coming in at the 21st pick is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. The 22nd pick will go to the Tennessee Titans. The 23rd pick will go to the New York Jets via the trade with Seattle. And then the 24th pick will be the Pittsburgh Steelers. There you go. So... Um, right now the mock draft for the next six picks uh, they have the Washington football team picking up Christian Derisaw the uh, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech yeah six foot five three hundred and thirteen pounds it's a yeah. big boy it's a big boy <laughs> I mean, big if you're gonna I mean if you're going to you know you definitely need offensive line help and I think if if you're gonna get key offensive players in the draft yeah you definitely want to pick a lineman um especially if you got a young quarterback that you're gonna stick with so yeah I would definitely say yeah stick with the uh the O-line yes um at the number 20 pick they have the Chicago Bears picking up Six foot seven, three hundred pound offensive tackle out of Texas, Samuel Kosmi. Uh, You're the Texas expert. <laughs> I mean, uh, our offensive line this year was really good. Uh, I mean, if you go back and look, Sam Ellinger was sacked v- very few times, uh, and most of the time that he was sacked, it was when he left the pocket to go for a run or to make a play happen. Um, Excuse me. Uh, So, I I mean, uh, we've been saying that Chicago needed to boost their offense. Uh, I mean, their defense is, is pretty good, but, you know, they always bolster their defense. So, it's now time they need to build a good offense and what better way than to um, start building somebody uh, or an al- a line that uh, is going to protect your quarterback, whether that be Mitch Trubisky. I don't think so. Uh, Nick Foles probably, or, you know, somebody that they go after in free agency via trade or, you know, in the draft. Right. What um, do you say, Raj? I mean, we talked about it uh, last time. Um, at this rate, there's a lot of teams with a lot of young um, running backs and stuff. Um, not running backs, quarterbacks, sorry. Um, and, I mean, you got to build up and protect them as best you can, even if they don't stick with Mitch Trubisky, which we still are in the consensus of they won't. Um, they'll pick up uh, – Big Dick Nick, and they need to protect him because he got injured really badly. Um, they got hit a lot anyways throughout the season, um, but they may even just pick up a quarterback in like the third, fourth round just as a backup anyway, so might as well start getting somebody else there. Right? Yep. 
but uh no six seven three hundred pounds that's also a big boy so i get they're going in the right direction right there i think so absolutely uh with with the 21st pick uh the indianapolis colts are slated to pick five foot ten 182 pound wide receiver out of alabama jalen waddle Hmm. Who, who everybody's saying is just as good as Devontae Smith. Um, yes. Um, so, I mean, if they do get him, they, they definitely need a great wide receiver. I mean, they have T T.Y. who's good, but he's not great anymore. No. Uh, but they, they really don't have great offensive weapons. And right here, um, from what you're saying, like, they're, the potential he has is really great. So... I, I think that's a good move, in my opinion. Um, the, the Colts do need better weapons out there for whoever going to be the quarterback, whether it be Philip Rivers or J- uh, Jacoby Brissett or quote unquote new person. <laughs> right, See that, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I mean, yeah. I mean, having a wide out would definitely, you know, solidify the offense, especially if Philip Rivers is going to come back for his, you know, 83rd year in the league. Um, so we'll certainly see, see what happens there. Yep. Philip Rivers is going to play until all 25 of his children have gone through one season in the NFL. Dude, he's going to play two years after he's dead. What are you talking about? I mean, I, you'll <laughs> not hear me argue that. <laughs> Dude, will, I mean, hell, I mean, we say it about Tom Brady all the time, you know, which, according, like, I've seen it on, I think I've think I seen a highlight of it. Uh, it was like the top five quarterback, top five oldest quarterbacks to play in the quarter, like five quarterbacks that are 38 and a, and and over are playing in the NFL postseason. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Aaron Rodgers being the youngest of the five, but he's still in his late 30s, you know. Um, and then you got the young you know, the young bucks that are in there, you know, Patrick Mahomes is 25, Jared Goff's 26, uh, damn, uh, Josh Baker. Allen's, you know, 23, 24, something like that. So, you know, these, you got a lot of young pups in the, uh, in the postseason this, this upcoming year. So we'll definitely see what happens there. Right. So next pick. Yeah. Um, with the 22nd pick, the Tennessee Titans pick up six foot two, 210 pound wide receiver from Minnesota, Rashad Bateman. Uh, now, I'll be honest with you and tell you, I don't know much about this kid, but his statistics tell me he's pretty damn good. Uh, he only played five games this year uh, due to COVID issues. Uh, and he got it was 36 receptions, 472 yards uh, this season. Now, last season was his best season. He had 60 receptions for 1,219 yards. Um, so I, I think this would be a probably a good pickup for the Titans. Uh, they they need another young uh, receiver to go with AJ Brown. Um, I mean, Corey Davis is good, but he he's up there in age. Um, right. I mean, he's been, he's been in the league for a few years. Um, then uh, um, their other receivers actually their tight end. So, I mean, 
six foot two. He's obviously going to be on the outside to help AJ Brown get some um, pressure off of him. And I guess moving Corey Davis into the slot would not be a bad idea. I don't think that'd be a bad idea at all. Um, or you can flip around, have AJ be on the inside because he is faster. Um, I mean, those slot guys need to keep up. So do you put a linebacker or do you actually put a defensive back? And at that rate, if you have more defensive backs and you have linebackers, then you put Derrick Henry on the field. I mean, it's a smart choice in there from what they're doing. Um, but yeah, from this, uh, from a few things I've seen from him, from the little bits of highlights here and there, and what they've talked about him on, um, you know, ESPN and everything like that, um, that he's he's big and strong. Um, they, they try to say that he's like going to be sort of like how DK Metcalf, uh, Metcalf is, where he's just bigger and stronger than everybody in front of him on defense, so he's just going to be able to outdo them. Um, it's yet to be seen because he's going to the next level, which is the NFL, and everybody there's a beast. Right. So, I mean, let's see how it works out. I mean, the Titans are adding a new offensive player. I think they should have gone defense. Um, give defense. I definitely think they should have gone defense, but it, I don't think it would hurt to no. add, you know. No, not at all. No, but it, I mean, it doesn't hurt to add on offense, and definitely it gives Ryan Tannehill another weapon to throw to. But also at the same time, I mean, you definitely need defensive help, especially in the secondary. But also at the same time, you know, you know, is your offensive line, I mean, you need to find the weak points in your offensive line and make sure that, you know, you keep Derrick Henry as your vocal point. Make sure you do everything you can to keep him protected at all times. Like adding a wide receiver will definitely, you know, take the pressure off of Derrick Henry, but it adds the pressure on the Ryan Tannehill. Um, honestly, I would have went with a defensive back. Honestly, I would have went with a corner. Or I went with a free safety or something like that. Um, I would have gone with a defensive lineman. But, say what? I would have gone with a defensive lineman. They're not. They don't get pressure on the quarterbacks as often anymore. That is true. I mean, they got rid of Vic Beasley and Davian Clowney because neither one were getting near near a quarterback. Get get a good quality edge rusher in there then. Yeah, get that uh that linebacker defensive end combo guy. In which there are still a few guys left at the well on this way the draft is going. There are some guys that are that good edge and linebacker combo still left. Right. So, I mean, all the way to know is when the draft actually happens. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, and then the uh, the last pick we'll talk about tonight going at number twenty four. Uh, five. Three. Yeah, you do what? You skipped twenty three. We didn't, we didn't do twenty three. Uh, did I miss? I'm sorry. I sure, <laughs> I, I sure did. Uh, uh, town's second favorite team. Yep the uh, the New York Jets are going to yeah. pick up outside <laughs> linebacker, six foot four, two hundred and fifty three pound Joseph Osai from the University of Texas. Uh, I would say he's the second best uh, OLB in the draft. Um, and I, that's coming from a Texas fan. Uh, I think Micah Parsons um, from Penn State was a better outside linebacker this season. Um, but I mean, I mean, I agree. With you. I, I, no, I say I agree. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, and I mean, but, but Joseph Osai was was a beast. The the difference in the two is Penn State 
being in the Big Ten, only played seven games. Uh, whereas Joseph Osai uh, played 15 games this season. So, so there's a little less wear and tear on uh, Penn State's linebacker than Texas's linebacker. Yeah, but also, I mean, Penn State, like we said, they're their linebacker, their linebacker factory. So yeah, Michael Parsons, yeah, absolutely. Michael Parson was going to already have that upper hand, just I mean, slightly because that facility in general, I mean, that program, that facility, that program in general. But I mean, you're right. Uh, I mean, this, I mean, the Jets, anything they pick right now at this point is going to help. Yeah. <laughs> Besides the quarterback, and they didn't go quarterback, so. I mean, no, and they've got two picks uh, in the first round of this draft. Uh, they pick at number two, and then they pick at number twenty-three. Which they're led to Panay Sewell at two, right? No, uh, Zach no, Wilson. Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU. Oh, which I don't know. Like they should take Panay Sewell. Yeah, they should take somebody that's going to protect the quarterback. Yeah, same. Uh, especially here's the thing. Now that the Jets got a new GM and they're most likely going to get Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson is going to be able to help Sam Darnold. So I think he's going to be smart enough to pick a, um, well, not pick, but suggest an offensive lineman. And I mean, picking up a defense, an outside linebacker, I mean, anything on the defense is going to help. Their defense was atrocious. So. Yeah, I think I, I, so. This is, you know, obviously a, a way too early mock draft. Uh, the season hasn't even ended. Uh, and there are going to be some coaching changes, some GM changes. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, some of these picks are going to probably be changed because uh, you have, you know, uh, like in the Jets situation, uh, they're going to have a new head coach. They're going to get a new GM. So they're going to probably go into a different direction than what they were headed in this season. So I mean, the Broncos are getting a new uh, GM. Um, so we may not get Patrick Sertain second. I hope we do. <laughs> but uh, they're getting one. Who else is getting a new GM? Uh, the Texans got a new GM. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree with it, but they did. Um, the Jaguars, are they getting one? Uh, no, I think their GM's the same. Okay. They're just getting a new head coach. Okay. Um, all right, I guess we can go to the next pick. Yeah, sorry. Uh, try to jump one here. But uh, <laughs> we, we actually talked about this earlier uh, with the 24th pick. The Seattle, or I'm sorry, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers pick five foot ten, two hundred pound running back from Clemson, Travis Etiny. I am not positive I'm saying that right, but uh, I think um, it, uh, Etney, maybe Etney, Etney, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, it, I mean, he's the running back from Clemson. He's been there for the last four years. Um, he started every game since 2017. Uh, tw- in 2017, he had uh, 107 attempts for uh, 766 yards and 13 touchdowns. 2018, 
204 attempts, 1,658 yards, 24 touchdowns. 2019, uh, 2000 or 207 attempts, 1,614 yards for 19 touchdowns. And then this season, 168 attempts uh, for 914 yards and 14 touchdowns. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump into the divisional round picks. Uh, Talon, you want to lead us through those real quick? Yes, uh, we will be kicking it off with the Saturday night game or Saturday afternoon game, I should say, at 4.35 p.m. And you have the number six Los Angeles Rams versus the number one Green Bay Packers. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. Um, I think this is one of those games that should be a blowout, but I think it's going to be closer than a lot of us think it's going to be. Um, what do you guys think? Um, if the Rams defense comes like they did last game against the, uh, Seahawks, then it's going to be, a a close game, but not many teams has been able to contain Aaron Rodgers really, so it's hard to say. Um, I think, I think it's gonna be, um, I think it's gonna be at least a, a minimum of one score, like a full seven points between them. Um, and I just don't think the Rams are strong enough as a whole team to beat the Packers right now. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I mean, they looked good against the Seahawks, but the Seahawks didn't look good. Um, and the the Packers are still looking good. So I uh, I just see the Packers winning this. I think they're uh, obviously a better team than the Seahawks. Uh, I, I would be surprised if the Rams win this one. I think it might be close if... The same defense that played against Seattle shows up. Um, but at the same time, if I'm not mistaken, Aaron Donald got hurt uh, in that Seahawks game. And so did, uh, was it the left tackle for the Rams? So those are two key pieces to that team that they're possibly coming into this game without. Right. Uh, I got the Packers. Um, I, I, I'm I'm expecting a blowout. I kind of hope it's not because I actually want to see some drama, some excitement. Um, but the Packers are going to win in this one. Packers are going to go into the NFC Championship game. All and, right. And then the very next game we got is the game that's going to take place Saturday night, 8.15 p.m., the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. This, this this could have the potential to be a knockdown drag out fight. Um it could be. Um I'm still not impressed by Baltimore. They haven't really shown me much of them being great besides being able to contain Derrick Henry. Other than that, um I see this still being the Jared Adams show. Um 
So I think Buffalo's gonna win by uh, I'll say by by at least a field goal. It'll be a kick. It'll be close, but I mean, like I said, Baltimore's not really been impressing me here still this year at all. Um, maybe because that um, uh, mystique of um, Lamar Jackson, I almost forgot his name. Wow. Lamar Jackson has gone away. Uh, people are figuring him out a lot more. And um, it's pretty simple. It's contained. And Buffalo's been able to contain pretty well in general. Right. Chip, what say you? Um, well, obviously, uh, Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, let me uh, let me correct myself. I said Jerry Allen, and I knew that was wrong. It was Josh Allen. I have no idea why. Like, when I said it, I was like, man, that's the wrong name. And I'm like, why can't I remember? Wrong position. I couldn't remember. I couldn't even remember. I couldn't remember Lamar Jackson's name for a second either. Like, I have no idea. I just had a brain fart. I don't know where. It's the drugs, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's the drugs. Yeah, the drugs I don't take. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I think Josh Allen is a uh, much better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. Uh, the the one thing that the Bills don't have uh, is a Derrick Henry. Um, you know, uh, if if they had a Derrick Henry on this team, they would be damn near insto- uh, unstoppable. Uh, I th- their defense is obviously better than Tennessee's, so I think they'll they'll fare better against the Ravens. Uh, they'll be able to contain uh, Lamar Jackson and whoever they're going to do as running back this week. They have like 57 running backs on that team, uh, including Lamar Jackson. Uh, <laughs> right. Leader rusher. Here, here's my thing. This is the same. If this, if the same Buffalo team that put that let Indianapolis score twenty four on them show up, that scares me. That that really scares me into picking them because I do. We have seen you know Baltimore put up forty points on teams. You know, uh, can this Buffalo defense hold? You know that offense. You know, below a certain number of points. Now I think that. I think that the D, I think that Josh Allen and the offense can do damage against that defense, but that's why I'm saying this game has the potential to slug it out. And it's one. I think this is going to be one of those games that it come. It's going to come down to the wire. It may come down to a lucky throw or a field goal. Uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo to win, but I if if Baltimore wins, it's not going to surprise me. But I am. Yeah, you, you better have said Buffalo. You know Sean's gonna listen to this first thing in the morning. <laughs> I know, I know. Hell, I'm already, I'm already, I'm already in for it. Hey, I, I got this new Russian workout. Damn it! Okay, go ahead. Could be wor- could Wait till he starts bringing out them Australian workouts. <laughs> so it could be a Bulgarian workout. Yeah. Your parents, your parents in Bulgaria. All right, all right let's move on. <laughs> so the next, uh, that's what, with the worst Bulgarian accent you'll ever. Bulgarian, Bert Bulgarian. Let's go ahead and move on to the yeah. Sunday game. <laughs> yeah, cut this man off already. That's it. Yeah, cut me off. I'm now my third beer. Anyway, all right. So, yeah, the Sunday game, uh, the afternoon game at three o five. The Cleveland Browns against the Kansas City Chiefs, the number six seed versus the number one seed. Yeah. 
What do you guys say? Um, <sighs> this one, I think this is the hardest pick of the games uh, because it looks like uh, look like Baker Mayfield is who we thought he was, right? Uh, <laughs> we've clearly seen this team get better over the course of the season. Yeah, they've had some some mix-ups here and there, but what team doesn't? Uh, clearly, they've gotten better. Uh, they've definitely gotten better since uh, OBJ went down with his injury. Uh, I think they have the, the best uh, running backs in the NFL, period. Uh, and, and I say that in not to disparage Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry is an all down back or an, I'm sorry, an every down back. Whereas, uh, in Cleveland, they, they can literally alternate Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt. And both are going to get you the exact same thing, you know? So you've got the, this two headed beast, uh, per se there in Cleveland, and while one is resting, the other is just carving up defenses. Um, but on the same hand, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, you have Patrick Mahomes, who has been known to carve up defenses all over the place. Uh, you have Tyreek Hill. You have Sammy Watkins. You have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh you know they're they're not they're not coming to play. They're they're coming to dominate the Browns like they should on right. paper. Uh, so I'm going to say that the Chiefs win this one, but I think this is that knockdown drag out that you're talking about, Talon. Yeah, where it comes down to the final play possibly into overtime right absolutely um it's i don't i don't know about overtime i mean if it, if it goes overtime hell yeah i'd love to see it um but i i don't know man i i want to say you know what i don't think i mean because if let's let's be completely honest with ourselves here if the cleveland browns beat the kansas city chiefs that would throw the nfl into a fucking shit storm you know, a whirlwind, if you will, because so many people are gonna like. But what? would it? Well, what? The? Yeah, because more people are gonna say, "What the fuck just happened?" Maybe shitstorm is the incorrect word. It, it would definitely be a whirlwind. It'll definitely, it'll definitely <clears throat> shock a few people if, if, uh, if, if, if the uh, Cleveland Browns beat the Kansas City Chiefs because they've been so dominant all year long. You know, um, kind of the way they it was. Have, they haven't been. They haven't been dominant. They've barely won some of these games. Most of their games have only been won by one score. There was a few, there was a couple of scores, and only one real blowout game, and that was the first game of the season. Other than that, it's pretty much been a one score or one and a half score, technically with field goals and stuff. But it, they haven't blown. They haven't been dominant. They've they've won, but they haven't been dominant. But that's what I'm saying. Like everyone's gonna be expecting Kansas City to just just blow them out of the water. What I'm thinking is, I, I, I have Kansas City winning, but if Cleveland wins, 
I would be shocked if Cleveland won, but if it happened, holy shit. Like, could you imagine everything that would be talked about the next day? Or could you imagine, you know, as if Baker Mayfield wasn't, you know, I mean, hell, hell, he might plant the Cleveland Brown flag in the middle of fucking (laughs) Arrowhead Stadium. Who knows? Um, you know, kind of like when he was in Oklahoma and he did the whole, di- you know, never mind. Um, no, I think that would be fucking hilarious. But <laughs> I think it'd be, I think it would be awesome too. Um, but honestly, man, like, it, I mean, I think it'd be a good story because, I mean, let's be honest, Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns have never been to a Super Bowl, so I think it, out of, I think out of all the teams in the in, currently in the playoffs, the Cleveland Browns are the only team who has never been to a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the Rams won one, Packers won one, um, the Ravens have won. Uh, the every have won. every team except for the Browns have won a Super Bowl. No, the Bills never yeah. won a Super Bowl. They've been to one, but they they've been, they've been, the Bills went. The Bills went to four straight with Jim Kelsey, oh, but they didn't. They lost all of them. Also, the Packers have won more than one Super Bowl. No, well, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm, but I, when I say they won one, I mean I'm just saying they won a they won a Super Bowl. Is what I'm saying. Multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, they've all most of them have won multiple Super Bowls. But what I'm saying is that of all the teams currently still in the playoffs, the Browns are the only team. The Browns and the Bills both haven't won a Super Bowl, and the Browns are the only team who haven't been to a Super Bowl. So that would be yeah. a good Cinderella story. Yep. But, What's your take on this, Roger? I just think I just think the Chiefs are better. So, um, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Tyreek Hill, and Sammy Watkins are still listed as questionable going into this week. Um, obviously, precautions. They didn't play last game because it didn't matter. Um, but they still have those uh, little nagging injuries. I believe they'll play. Um, I don't see why you wouldn't go full force. They may be on um, limited plays. Um, but also, remember... 2017, this is a little story right here. 2017, uh, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the second or third, let me see, in the third round, they drafted a running back by the name of Kareem Hunt. Um, And he was the leading rusher as a rookie. And then he had a little incident that he had to be taken away from that team. Um, And now he's playing for his home team of Cleveland. And he's been doing really good. I believe his determination against his old team is going to be the biggest um, motivation for them to win. I actually do think the the Browns may actually win this one. Uh, and it's weird to say because, I mean, I love the Chiefs offense. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end we've had in a long time. Even better than Gronk, in my opinion. Um, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire is such a stout of a running back and Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So but I think the Browns, the way they've played they played last time, and with Kareem Hunt coming back to play against his old team, um, I I think the Browns actually have this. All right. It's it's one of those it would not shock me in the least if the Browns won this. There's going to be a lot of people. If say the Browns beat the the Chiefs, you know, let's just say for instance, the Chiefs shit the bed like the Steelers did. Not going to happen, but let's say there's going to be a lot of people come Monday morning and be like, "Good God, did you see 
did the Browns beat the Chiefs? And little old me is going to be over here like, I mean, yeah, and? You know, <laughs> not going to so, be shocked at all. So this game has the biggest line and also the biggest over-under. Um, the over-under is 56. Um, and the that's the biggest one. Um, so they're expecting this to be a shootout, which, I mean, I hope. Um, I mean, I love playing defensive games and everything. Uh, I, I, but... I, 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 got, I got a question. Mm-hmm. I, got, yeah. I got a question. I, I have no clue what the odds, like how to so read the odds or anything. Over under, means, over under is your base points. How many points is going to be scored in the game? You By both think, teams? Yes, combined. So you bet in whether they're going to score more or less. Okay. So a total of 56 points is expected to be scored between these two teams. Okay. That's the over under. That's the so, base. So yes. if you bet, so if you bet, like say I bet, say I bet like a hundred bucks that there's, it's going to be less than. Mm-hmm. Whoever votes bet. more than, I get their money, or how does that work? Yes, you get the. You obviously get you won that bet with them scoring less than 52, so you get a certain percentage, obviously, of the payouts because I mean more people, obviously, people are want to bet under also, so it's just d- divided up by that. But yes, that's how it is. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, so they're expecting this to be the highest scoring game out of all the um, divisional games, which is weird to me, uh, especially with the Buccaneers and the Saints. Um, but yeah, it, I hope it is a shootout. I would really like to see Baker Mayfield play like he just did, because that's that's a guy who should be getting uh, a spotlight too, especially being. I mean, remember a couple years ago, the Browns were literally not winning games. The Browns were going to the toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they also had Johnny Menzel as their savior for a while. <laughs> Johnny football. Uh, yeah. Not to be confused no. with Johnny wrestling. But now they have this uh, old old boy called Baker Mayfield, the pastry chef over here cooking it up for them. Johnny Manziel. Uh, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Manziel is Tim Tebow minus Jesus. No, Tim Tebow <laughs> at least one more than like three games. Say what now? Tim Tebow at least one more than three games. That is true. And he even beat your Miami Dolphins twice on two different teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did? How, hey, what about that Super Bowl that he led you? Oh wait, that's right. He lost to the playoffs while you weren't even going near it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that season you guys only win like two games. Bullshit. What like 2014, wasn't it? When he, what was it? 20, 2011. It was 2011. Oh gosh. Yeah, you guys actually made the playoffs that year, didn't you? Yeah, we made the playoffs that year. And they got this... blown out of the first round. All right. Huh? <laughs> was, that first playoff, uh, was that the first playoff y'all had since uh 72 Dolphins? <laughs> No, that's a legit question. No, no. <laughs> no, Miami's been in the playoffs several times. We, we made it to a Super Bowl with Dan Marino in the 80s. Did you? Yeah, 84. Oh, so it was your first playoff appearance since 84. No, it's our first playoff appearance. What, to the 2011? Yeah. Yeah. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. Like, I mean, this is, I'm not. I'm not bagging on you. This yeah, is a legit question. No, this is a legit fucking question. 
Yeah, because I'm, I'm actually curious because I know during the 2010s, you guys only made the playoff twice, so. And you also had a lot of losing, badly losing seasons. All right. The last time we won the division, the AFC East no, no, no. was 2000. I, I, I don't care about winning the division. I want to know playoffs. <laughs> 2000, playoffs. 2016. Yeah, then 2011. And before 2011, what was it? 2008. Okay. Okay. That's like every. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, during the years. 90s, we made the playoffs in 90, 92, 94, 95, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. So we had a streak of good oh, yeah. years. You got to remember, they're, they're the same as the Bills, Patriots, and Jets. So it's not hard to win that division to get to the playoffs back in the day. Well, at, well, technically, back then, there was like only three divisions in each, each conference. You still had to play the Patriots, the Jets, and the Bills in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, they were all trash in the 90s. Except for, yeah. I mean, the Bills every now and then would show a little hope and have a little hope, but, you know. All right, so on to the last game. Yeah, on to the last game. Anyway. (laughs) So, the last game, if you want to shit all over my team. Hey, look, ten and six is better than what? What was you six and ten, five and so 11? how? So how was your playoff game this season? Oh wait, and how was your exact, winning season? Oh wait, we had the same amount of playoff games this year. Yeah, but who had more wins? <laughs> it didn't matter because you guys didn't get in. Did, I say it didn't matter. You can't be bragging on my team just because you know what? Let's just move on because you're pissing <laughs> me off. All right, uh, so <laughs> the final game. Is going to be the new one. Man, you got me fucking flustered over here. The final <laughs> game is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints at 6.40 p.m. Who you guys got? Uh, Saints. Saints. You're not even going to give that a thought? No. Nope. Uh, they they swept the Bucks in the regular season. There's nothing that's going to make me believe that they're not gonna beat them again and they're coming into the game full force i mean yeah, yeah they, and, uh, they got the last uh, game uh, i would say mike thomas and drew Brees are finally back on the same page and that's yeah. the hardest combo to beat right there yeah last game uh the the bears uh when so last week when the the Saints played the Bears, that was they got uh, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara back. Okay, on the field at the same time. So and they ran yeah. the ball, so that's why they didn't score a lot. They ran a lot, right? Well, we will certainly see. Um, Who do you got winning this? Well, one? I mean, I got the Saints winning. I was just wondering why y'all <laughs> answered so quickly, like. <laughs> We're not even we're not even going to elaborate or dig deep into it, you know. Just like Saints, Saints. I, mean, I, think, I that's think that's the Tom Brady hate oozing out of all of us. I think at this point, no, uh, actually, no, no. Actually, now that Tom Brady is uh, not a patriot, not a patriot, <laughs> not yes. a patriot. Um. Also, okay. So uh, I was I was watching the game last week with the uh, the Bucks and. Uh, there was there, you can tell a difference in Tom Brady now 
as opposed to Tom Brady when he was on the Patriots. When he was on the Patriots, if a play didn't go exactly the way it was supposed to, or if um, a receiver got their route wrong or whatnot, he would literally like take his helmet off and throw it and be like this crybaby bitch, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but with the Bucks, it's it's completely different. It's like it's weird to say that he's more mature. I mean, he is old as fuck, but uh, years old. He's literally the oldest uh, quarterback to ever throw a touchdown in the NFL. Yeah, he had forty three years old. Yes, just a year older than Drew Brees. Yep, right. Uh, but now when it happens and you see, you just see this like calm about him where he's like, "All right, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, dude missed his route, or I overthrew him, or you know there was some kind of miscommunication." He's like, "All right, that's okay. We'll get it the next time." Or I it, spiked it on fourth down in the fourth quarter with no timeouts left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't. Why he are you an asshole tonight? That's just like Jesus. <laughs> I mean, did he not do that? He did it, but damn, why you gotta bring up oh shit? <laughs> I mean, we're talking about we're talking about him on the Buccaneers this year. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but I mean, he clearly <laughs> is more mature. He's not pitching fits or anything like he was on the Patriots. And I think it's just, I think it's because he, like, he has pressure, but it's not that Bill Belichick pressure. So he's just like, hey, you know what? I'm getting paid, whatever. I'm right. still playing football. Right. I mean, if, uh, if for whatever reason the Buccaneers do win this game and it puts Tom Brady in, I mean, if Tom Brady goes to another Super Bowl this year, I mean, Jesus Christ, that's like that's 10 Super Bowls that he's been to more than any other quarterback in the history of the game. If he wins, or if the team wins, then the Buccaneers only have their second uh, championship. But Tom has his seventh championship. That would put him head and shoulders above everybody, you know, in terms of, you know, quarterbacks as far as championships goes. He's dead. He as far as championships be- goes, I, I still wouldn't make – I, in my opinion, I still don't think he'd be the best ever, but that's – an opinion uh, that I will hold for quite a while. Uh, I still say that's Joe Montana, hands down. Even if Tom Brady had 10 Super Bowl wins. Uh, but I, it, it's an era versus era thing for me. Right. Alright, so the way that we have it, apparently, is... I think we all agree on the NFC side. It'll end up being the Packers and the Saints, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And for the AFC side, we have it Bills Chiefs? No. Okay. Roger has it Browns Bills. Okay. No. Uh, you and I have it Bills Chiefs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. We will certainly see what happens, and I'm sure if if – if the Browns win, he'll Roger be coming in he's like I told you the Browns. Oh shit! Shout out here we go again. But we first of all, I don't I don't gloat when I. Oh, you liar! Yes, you do. I, I don't. I don't. 
Oh wait, that's right. You you don't, you don't gloat because you got nothing to gloat about. You like ragging on my teams and shit. You go. I told y'all that the Browns were gonna beat the Steelers. I told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, congrats, bro. <laughs> like no, I said I, I I didn't say I don't gloat, motherfucker. I just said. <laughs> Oh shit! All right, we. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I called it. I got it. You know, it happens. Yeah, you know. yeah. We we have way too much fun here. All oh, right, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> again, thank you so much for tuning into this week of Are You Ready for Some Football? Uh, this upcoming week, um, I believe it is uh this upcoming s- Monday. We're gonna be dropping the uh, Hauntings of Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. The hauntings of Nebraska, and then next week we'll be right back. To see if Roger's going to rub it in my face. Yeah, I told you, motherfucker. Like, okay. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, next week with, a, with the uh, conference championship edition of Are You Ready for Some Football? Uh, the week after that, we got an interview uh, with our good friend A.C. Hutchison. Uh, came through, chopped it up with us on an evening with. And it should be good. And then we got the Hauntings in Nevada right after that. Should be a good one. Another good episode. Um, again, check out. Um, Roger, have we started the Patreon page yet? Or are we still in the works with that? Um, I think we just need to definitely go live with it, but um, were we planning on doing it this week? Yeah, I think we're planning on it being this week, right? That is correct. Should so, be uh, should go live um, Saturday morning. Yes, Saturday yeah. morning. The uh, the first uh, uh, episode on our Patreon page. Uh, it, pretty much our first episode of Battle Topics is what it is, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, where we talk about the eight. Uh, Diamond songs, um, which is basically songs that have hip hop hip hop songs that have sold more than ten million units. Um, there's only eight of them, if you can believe that. Uh, and we have a fun, you know, little discussion, a little bit, you know, good banter back and forth. Um, you know, and uh, you know, storefrontier.com slash movement radio to get some merch, podpage.com slash movement radio to leave a review and to check out the archives. Uh, anything else you guys want to throw out there before we leave for today? Yes, um, the fact that you did not bring up the episode we just dropped before we did this one, the rock rock retrospective of Limbiscuit. Well, that dropped back on the uh, that that episode's already dropped. Yeah, it saying. dropped on Monday. Okay, yes. yeah. So, so go check out that drop? episode, Rock Retrospective Limp Biscuit. I normally uh, promote the next shows. I don't really. <laughs> Maybe I should start promoting the older shows first before I promote the new shows. <laughs> Uh, but no, that one was a, also a really fun episode that um, that we actually had to do a couple times because we've had some technical difficulties to get it actually completed. Yeah, yep. kind of kind of like we did with today's episode. So, but we'll, we'll get it fixed out. Um, movie magic makes it sound like we didn't mess up. Say what now? It's like movie magic makes it sound like we didn't mess up. That's right, right. <laughs> also, it but it's a lot better at the movie magic. Yeah, but if yeah, right, but. If you guys did check out that episode, then you'll know that our very next edition of Rock Retrospective, we're going to be uh, focusing on the band Corn. And uh, if you guys have any suggestions of any bands you would like for us to discuss on Rock Retrospective, uh, make sure you hit us up. Uh, you can check it out on the Movement Radio fans page on Facebook. Uh, check that out. Leave a comment. Leave, you know, we, we got different stuff that we uh, throw out there every day or almost every day. We need to get more onto it. I need to be more productive about that one. That's my that's where I that's where I fall. And I apologize. Um, that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. See you guys back here next week for the division for the uh, conference championship games. We'll see you right back here on Are You Ready for Some Football? Right here on Movement Radio. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. 
with that being said please do not leave without leaving a like comment share and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform follow us on all of our social media facebook twitter and instagram make sure you check out the youtube channel make sure you subscribe click that bell to get notified of our latest videos i am chip hazard i am talon williams and i'm roger sierra and this is movement radio we out get this movement radio